Hi, it's Gus Warland here and welcome to Not An Overnight Success, brought to you by Sean Partners Financial Services. In this podcast, we sit down with some very successful people from the world of business, entertainment and sport to chat about their life's journey and how they became the success that they are today. In today's episode, we are chatting with two of the Travojevic brothers, Tom and Jake. If you're a rugby league fan, well, these boys probably don't need an introduction, but if you're not... You're about to meet two of the nicest, most humble athletes in the game, in fact, in the world. Tom and Jake are NRL superstars for Manly, also the New South Wales Blues and the Australian Kangaroos. Despite Tom being the 2021 Dalian medal winner, which is the award for the best player in the game, neither of these boys have forgotten their roots and they're not going to anytime soon. In this chat, we speak about their intense, strong family bonds and what makes them who they are. We talk about that incident in the Corso and whether they'll remain one club players. We speak about their younger brother, Ben, joining the Sea Eagles and how their other brother, Luke, manages being the one left out. Both boys have an incredibly unique perspective on what it means to be a superstar of the game and how they represent the people on and off the field. With Tom being 25 and Jake 27, these brothers have the world at their feet. But for now, they'll be staying on the northern beaches. As for all these podcasts, Sean Partners have generously donated $10,000 to the charity of the choice of each of our guests. We discuss who that money goes to in this chat. The executive producer of this podcast is Keisha Pettit. We couldn't have done it without our great mate, Kelly Stubbs. Let's get into our chat with Tom and Jake Travojevic. Tom and Jake, welcome to the podcast. How are you, boys? Yeah, good. How are you? Very, very well. It's really lovely to talk to you guys. I've known you for a long time and knowing the family and so forth, but obviously talking to you guys today about being professional rugby league players, and you've both done brilliantly. What were you like as kids? I guess we're not too different. Obviously grew up in a family with those four of us. Obviously a lot of fun at home. With the backyard out the front, so a lot of footy, a lot of cricket out the front. We just loved the game. Like growing up, as you said, family was heavily involved. Like our parents were always down at Newport Oval for the Raiders, watching all the games. Like it wasn't just our game on the Saturday. We'd watch every single game. It's a big part of our life growing up, rugby league, and it's been so good that we can continue to do what we love. You know, it's awesome. Oh, absolutely. And the thing I love about you guys is that even when you were making it and playing first grade, you'd st- you play on a Friday night. You'd be down there on a Saturday helping set the field up or doing the barbie or running the waters and stuff. I mean, the main of our Raiders are a huge part of your life. Yeah, like massive. And that probably comes from our parents. You know, our dad, he did a lot down there. He was the president for a long time. And, you know, mum did all sorts of roles, you know, gear steward, all that, canteen. But we used to love it, but the Saturday morning setups and there's some really good culture down there, some really good people. Yeah, it was, it was cool. We met a lot of good people down there. Yeah, and they love you and they're right behind you. They'd be shouting and screaming on a Friday night for you guys at Brookie and then you do the same on a Saturday. Did that just come naturally to you too, Tom? Yeah, I think kind of what you said before, that, that club it did a lot for us. Played footy there for 12, 13 years and it was just about, I guess, giving back to them. And like Jake said too, that the culture down there and you know, we used to love getting up early and going down there and setting up the field, getting the bacon egg rolling here and <laughs> just enjoying the day. Like That was a, how we, we wanted to spend our Saturday, so thoroughly enjoyed it too. So there was never a moment where you went, okay, come on boys, don't forget where you've come from and you're like, oh dad, you know, <laughs> played last night, you know, had recovery and that sort of stuff. It was always just, you know, a part of your makeup. Well, I think Dad would have made us if we said that, so it wasn't, wasn't worth it. But, yeah, no, it was definitely, like, even training, we used to train on Friday nights and the whole club would be down there and there'd be a big barbecue after, like, every single week. It was something we look forward to, you know, after school and, yeah, it was just, it was a really good time, to be honest. 
I've been down there. I've seen that sort of culture and stuff, and I know exactly what you mean. And I want to focus just on your mum for a moment before we talk about your dad. So your mum and I used to do the canteen at Marnevale Public School, and I was the only dad that could do it because I had brekkie radio. So we got to know each other really well, and I don't think you could find a more kinder, sweeter, more focused on other people person than your mum. What are your thoughts on your mum? Yeah, I think it sums up pretty well. Yeah, she's been awesome for us. Can't thank her enough for you know everything she's done with us, and, and she used to love that canteen job down there at Monavale And I still remember being back at school, and you'd be able to skip the line and just call her name out, and she would hand you a few chicken tenders, and you'd be yeah. on your way. Uh, How good were the chicken tenders? I was I was a cool kid around school with my mum in the canteen. I was getting everything for free. Yeah. What about you? Jackie? No, we got we got so much love and support from our parents. Hey, like, and even to this day, like they they'll hardly miss a game. I think their most hated thing about the last couple of years is they weren't able to come to our games. Hey, while we're up in Queensland, and I think that killed them. So they've given us so much, and you know, as Tom said, you can't thank them enough. Very appreciative of what they've done, and you know they've both been great to all of us. You know, not only me and Tom, but Luke and Ben, and continue to let us chase our dreams. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I had a drink with your dad on Friday night, just luckily at the bowling club there for. a one of my daughter's friends, 20th birthdays, and he, across he comes and I, he, he shouted and I turned around and I went, this is going to be a nice, you know, like you just see your dad, he's a massive man, but you just know you're going to have a nice conversation with him. He was that happy to see you. We've heard about it 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> well, he sat down and, and of course, everyone's talking about you two boys, right? And you in particular, Tom, around the season you've just had, and he just deflects it. It's a complete deflection the whole day. He goes, oh, they're doing what they love and so forth. He's like that, well, isn't he? He's not calling himself Durbo. <laughs> That's what he's been going around doing. Oh, is he? <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was being very good about that. Oh, there you go. What's your dad like? What does he mean to you? Oh, yeah. It's very similar to mum. Like, they've both been there. Very cruisy fella. He's done a lot for the family. And like mum, very giving. Always do whatever he can to help anyone out. And a great role model for all four of us. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And an unbelievable player himself, but really just wanted to play with his mates. That's the rumour on the beaches anyway, that he could have played AFL and rugby league, but he just decided just to play with his mates. Is that? Yeah, I've only heard that from other people. He'd never really say, but yeah, he played for the Narrabeen Sharks back in the day and said they won four straight comps and it was a really, really good competition back there. He reckons at times they'd get more people at Lake Park as opposed to a first grade game that was on at the same time. It was just, I don't know, back then the local comp was really well supported and mm. people follow the Sharkies a lot and they're a really good team, so... Obviously, that was a rumour that I don't know I've heard, but yeah, he hasn't never confirmed or anything. doesn't really talk about it, to be honest. Yeah. I still remember when Dad used to take us down to, to watch A-grade. Oh, he wasn't playing, but we used to go down there to watch it. When we were a bit younger, eh? Younger, yeah. It was a pretty cool vibe, like they back up the cars. People and he, he was he was the local hero around Narrabeen. He wasn't even playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Raiders obviously a huge part of your life, but you both wanted to play for the Manly Sea Eagles. So... The simple fact that you're getting to play, I remember your debut was against Penrith late on. I remember talking to you about it, Jake, and you were blowing big time. Not oh, that you, yeah. you put a couple of lovely hits on us. So what was that like that day? Because I know so many people went to the game just to watch you. Yeah, it was special. It, it sort of just come on. Like, I didn't expect it. I was in under 20s, and Manly first grade were killing it. 2013, they ended up losing the grand final to the Roosters. They're in the top four, and... Jeff Tuvey rested players, so me and um, Clint Gutherson, we got to debut the same day, actually, there at Brookvale, so it was, sort of just happened. I didn't really didn't expect it. When did you get the call from the coach? Oh, we got told we had to go to training that week, but that had happened a few times during the year because they sometimes needed extra numbers. Sort of thought it was just like that and went there, and everyone was sort of like congratulating me, and I was like, what's going on here? Anyway, then Jeff Tuvey called me in his office and told me, and I was like, what the hell? Like, this is crazy. I was not expecting it, and then... I remember waking up that day because I get nervous at the best of times, very anxious at the best of times. So on, obviously your first grade debut is a bit crazy. I was very nervous, like so nervous. And then I was on the bench for the first 
probably 55 minutes, I reckon. So sitting there just watching, that's killing you, right? It's just killing you. Then I got on and all the nervous energy, as you said, after about five, ten minutes, I was gone. I just, I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm not up to this, eh? Like, I'm dead sitting not up to this. So I was off after about 10, 15, which is, I was happy to come off, to be honest. That was so fast. Like, just the difference in level from under 20s, just noticing it and all the nervous energy. And But as you said, having everyone there, you know, my family, all my friends from the Raiders, like, their watching was so cool. You know, even though we lost the game, which was devastating, it was just such a cool experience, eh? Especially being a brookie with everyone there. Yeah, it was lovely. I mean, even knowing you for... I suppose five or six years and obviously coaching your younger brother Luke I sort of felt a part of it it was just fantastic moment it was a sunny day I remember yeah it was it was cool it was really cool like I don't know I I was yeah looking back it was pretty proud moment as you said how many you played now so be around 160 wow it's gone quick yeah it has it just gets gets away from you like obviously enjoying it so much it's yeah love doing what we do and yeah looking back it's gone very quick it's been really good fun hopefully some more good times be nice i'm sure there will be what about you tom what was your debut my debut was round five in 2015 playing down in albury of all places okay lavington sports park <laughs> yeah? Ground, yeah that's it okay. so started the year in under 20s played the first four games and then they had a, a few injuries up in first grade so yeah got caught up for the week and like jake said got remember talking to jeff Tuvey, being told that i was going to play instant nerves was obviously very excited, yeah, but very nervous, and yeah, I still remember getting the bus to the ground, and I was absolutely shaken, <laughs> absolutely shaken. But I was a bit luckier than Jake. You know, I didn't have to sit on the bench. I kind of just straight out there and playing out in the wings, so you don't have to do too much. Out there. <laughs> How did you go? Can you remember? And did Manly win that game? We, did, we didn't win. Lost by about eighteen or something. We lost comfortably to Canberra, but he yeah. got a double, so that'll do on Debu. He got a double do, on Debu. Had to do absolutely nothing for them. First, <laughs> scored the first try of the game. Peter Hooker was over the line and just passed it to me. Just to help out all my mates get the first try score off. So, <laughs> nah, it's good. That's good. What about it? That was only my fifth game. So I'm, I'm nervous for myself. Yeah. And then Tom's debut one. Like, it was just, I needed this game over quick. <laughs> what about your mum and dad? How were they feeling? <laughs> oh, they would, they would have been absolutely losing the plot in the stand. I think they were happy the game was over too. <laughs> Do you realise how many people are watching the game for Manly who love you guys. And they know you as people, right? So they just want you to go well. And they're screaming at the TV, like, that day you gave Ben the try, you yeah. know, and that got called back. Like, it was like World War Three. in my hurt. house. Didn't that, that hurt? It was criminal. Like, where's your, where's your, where's your, like, just the thought? Empathy is something. Something. <laughs> just the moment. Just feel the game, son. You're read, smashing them anyway. Read the room. Like, <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> So if anyone doesn't know that moment, so the third brother was playing and there was this amazing sort of... Off the kickoff. Off the kickoff. And the ball goes down and eventually Tom has and he looks around for his brother Ben, who he throws the ball to and he scores. Everyone goes nuts and the referee calls it back <laughs> 90 metres. Yeah, that hurt. He actually it. awarded it. It was the new, you know, they award it, then they check it. So That's he thought right. he'd scored for, you know, a minute. <laughs> Have you spoken to him about that? Oh, and, al- and also the fact he's now, you know, a first grade footballer. Yeah, he was obviously devastated about the moment. But oh, it was so cool getting him to play. Like, as I said, again, not expected. We probably had a few injuries there mid-year. and His debut game probably didn't go as planned, I guess. He only got on the last minute and first run he was off with a HIA. But he was just happy to be happy to be a part of it you know and he so he ended up playing four games the next three games he sort of played you know 10 15 20 minutes he did well you know he did really well he held his own which has gave him a lot of confidence you know he's only 19 so got a long way to go I guess a lot to learn but it was just it was nice for him to do that nice to get to play with us for the first time you know it was the first time we got to do that so it was a really cool moment for the family absolutely so when you passed him that ball and he did score the try that looked as happy as I've ever seen you Tom 
Yeah, I was pretty stoked and absolutely loving it. And obviously, we played played well that afternoon. So, bit of a shame that it got taken off him, but oh, that's footy sometimes. He'll score plenty in his time, hopefully. Now, there's three of you, you know, and Ben will probably play a bit more next year. There will be a point in the next couple of years where the three of you are running on as starting players, you'd imagine, for Manly. What does that mean to you? And does it even make you more likely to stay as one club players? Oh, it's pretty cool. Like, obviously, just getting to play with one brother's cool. Then, I don't know, Ben coming through, is, it's so special. Like, I think, so proud for the family. And, like, I remember, yeah, when he was making his debut, it was, it was pretty emotional. Eh? It's like I'm looking over and Ben's, like, there. It's like, it's like what are you doing here, on? Ben? Yeah, like, like this, it's, but it was so cool. And, yeah, getting to play the year is so special. So, hopefully, as you said, he gets a bit more time in the coming years. But we know he's only young, so he's just bite his time doing what he does, keep trying to improve, keep trying to learn and see where he can go from there. Mm. What about one club? What are your thoughts on that, Tom? Because I imagine there will be... There was a rumour back in the day that Desi, when he was at the Bulldogs, knew that you could be someone he could grab. Did you go close to ever leaving Manly? No, I haven't really been close at all, to be honest. You know, we're very lucky that we grew up in this area and this, this club has always you know, wanted us and you know, we're very thankful for that. And I haven't really been at all close to leaving. And now we've got another five or so years here, so I you know, definitely plan to, to stay here for as long as I'm playing footy. Yeah, that's fantastic. And all Manly fans right now are very happy about that. Where does the name Travojevic come from? It's um, Serbian, so on our um, dad's side, obviously, our grandparents are well, one Serb, one's Croat. So. Okay, and how long did it take you guys to learn how to spell it? I'm still struggling, <laughs> still struggling. Um, <laughs> the worst is when you're trying to read it out to people, they always try and put an O in there, and TRB just doesn't make any sense, so yeah, it's a confusing one. It sure is, and there was a great thing through the finals run you guys had, where they were putting, you know, primary schools were, were asking people how to spell Travojevic on the... Down there at Manly Village. Yeah. Right. Went down there, it was, that was funny. That was their word they were learning to spell for the week. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> what is it like actually being someone in that area, which is a very tight-knit area, and we've got sort of, you know, I suppose we keep to ourselves, we're quite isolated on the northern beaches. What's it like actually walking around there, driving there and so forth. You get good comments all the time. You don't get left alone too often, I wouldn't it's, have thought. Oh, no, it's not. As you said, it's a great – like, obviously, you live there, you know, it's a really nice area, good people and very supportive. And, you know, they love their local team. They love the Seagulls. So it's cool, especially good when, you know, there's been a few bad years which haven't been great. But then since we've been back from Sunshine Coast, everyone's just saying how much they love the year, like something they look forward to during lockdown, you know, like – the game on the weekend, and it was mm. nice that we were playing well so they could enjoy it. And, yeah, definitely a really good area. Everyone's very supportive, and they just love seeing us do well, yeah, which is nice. It's really it's nice. Incredible feeling when you guys got on that role. You know, were you feeling the love even though you are up on the Sunshine Coast? Yeah, I certainly were. People in lockdown, that was the highlight of the week. Obviously, very hard time for a lot of people here in Sydney, and you got a lot of people sending photos of themselves, their kids in, in Manly jerseys, you know, passing on messages and you know, photos of with flags at the front of houses, and it obviously would have been nice to being here to see that. But uh, you know, it wasn't the case, and you know, we're very thankful. You know, the Manly fans—they're awesome. They you know, absolutely love the club, and they're always supportive. And you know, we're very lucky for that. What's Desi like? He's good. No, he's good. He's really good. Because you love Trent Barrett as well. You were sad when he got the flick. Yeah, you? no. Obviously, we we got on really well with him, and he was a really good guy. And yeah, it was sad to see him go. But Des has been unreal. Like I can see why over time he's been such a good coach. How hard he works. His attention to detail is just honestly second to none. I've never seen anyone work so hard. And the lengths he goes to when he delivers a game plan, like it's crazy. It's like something you sort of got to see to believe, you know. And he's he's a really good guy. He's really funny. Like he's really easy to get along with. I know he doesn't give off that persona on. TV sort of gives away nothing, but he's really good and he's 
got some different quirks and that sort of thing, which we all find. He looks like he looks like he's like an unmade bed. Just, <laughs> you know, the chat before the game and stuff. He honestly looks like he hasn't brushed his hair. Or he, I think he puts a, he puts a lot of it on, but he's a very funny man. Very different. Like his sense of humour is hilarious. Like the things he comes out with, it just. You're forever laughing, but he's, no, he's, he's, he's a great guy to play under, eh? Like, re- really, really good guy. Like, he's got really high standards that he sort of expects, and you know, if you don't do that, you definitely know about it. And yeah. Definitely told to improve and that sort of thing, which is really good. He keeps everyone really accountable, but he works just as hard himself, you know, from other stories of what past players have said, anything he tries to make you do, you know, he's done it before. Like, you know what I mean? He's but done just it. Do he, it. He's done it in his time, you know? Yeah. Obviously, he's a bit older now, he can't, but like, when in his, yeah, that's how hard he's he used to He's a good trainer, work. and yeah. yeah. I remember when uh, Hugh Jackman had his like uh, Australian tour. So I get a text message from Des, the first one in a couple of years, saying, "I oh, mate, just wouldn't mind a couple of tickets, you know, to the Sydney show. My <laughs> wife and I are available on this night." And I'm like, "Sure, no problem." So I flicked it to Jacko, and Jacko's like, "Des Hasler, does Des Hasler want to come?" And I go, "Yeah, he wants a couple of free. Yeah, no worries, he can have my seats." Like the love that Jacko has for Manly and that era of Tuvi and Hasler and. Cliffy Lyons, yeah. and even going back to Graham Eady, you know, one of the yeah. great manly number ones. Like, uh, he could not get those tickets to Des quick enough, but Des apparently has got his first dollar. That's what I was about to say. Like, obviously, Huey wants to give Des the tickets, but it also shows how much of a tight-ass Des is asking for freebies. <laughs> and obviously, that's no secret. A lot of people know. Yes. What about rugby league for you, Blake? It's obviously been a huge thing. Any other sports or any other things that you thought about as you were growing up on what you'd like to do if footy didn't become an opportunity for you? Oh, we played at other sports, but, you know, for me it was always, you know, rugby league. I didn't really have... Because the Swans were there for a while. You were in yeah, the Swans was, Academy. I was there till I was about 15, 16, but then for four years I played league for, you know, 12, 13 years before that. And, yeah, I was always rugby league and always wanted to be a footy player and you know, I was lucky I got to do that at a pretty young age. So if footy didn't work itself out, was there a plan for you to do something else or is there another career path that you like or uh, well I'd still I went to uni because once I left school I was in under 20 so we had to study as well so I'm still at uni doing the same course which has been a journey it's just the longest journey of all time <laughs> oh isn't it what <laughs> so don't what, get me started on it but what I'm, almost, it uh, I'm doing um what am I doing I don't remember uh <laughs> commerce majoring in finance so I'm almost done should be done in the middle of the next year. Okay. Be a seven and a half year. <laughs> Three year course. Oh, it'd be a hike. It'd be a dead set hike and uh, I can't wait to see the end of it. I bet. What about you, Jakey? No, I think it was rugby league was our number one sport. We always wanted to play that. We did play other sports sort of growing up. Like, yeah, you love your cricket. Like cricket, like love cricket. Yeah. Like, Any good? Boxing, no, no, no good. Boxing day tests every year, like... One well, you year. and I caught the plane down together one That's year. That's right. Yeah, it yep. was good. When you were working Triple M, you were yes, going up yeah. to the corporate suite. I was going down the bottom. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, no be, worries. That'd be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was in business class as well. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, as I walked there. through, I waved to you. Yeah, sweet. Um. <laughs> I was with Kerry O'Keefe, so that he's good company, believe me, on a, on a plane that play. So cricket you love. But love cricket. And then a couple of years ago, the manager of the cricket team, Australian cricket team, is a mad Manly fan. His name's yeah. Gavin Dovey. So it was his 100th test as manager, and I got to go and present a jersey to him for his 100th test in front of the team. I don't think I've ever been so nervous, eh? Like, honestly, I was starstruck looking at the Where were you? Sydney Cricket Ground changing rooms. It was like, couldn't oh. have been more nerve-wracking. Me and Wayne Cousins from Manly. Yeah, yeah. I was just so starstruck, eh? I was just, like, struggling to get out words. And then <laughs> the next day we went back, they invited us. So that was just the day before the test against New Zealand. And then we went back the next day and 
obviously we're up, they put us in a nice spot and we went back in the change rooms after. We were a bit more relaxed that day, which was nice. Yeah, that's great. The players are good. I mean, they're just like you blokes, right? They're normal people and we put them up on a pedestal, but they're just... Yeah, I, d- I definitely put them on a huge pedestal. And then when I, once I got to talk to them, I had a, like, they were really good guys, yeah. Who did you have a conversation um, with? So, that, yeah, the next day when we went in the... After the game, so they batted all day. So we, me and Cuzzo and Tom, were talking with Tim Payne and Nathan Lyon. And they're just oh, top. They are top guys, eh? And awesome. Justin Langer, that was he was a really nice guy too. So it's, that was pretty cool, but definitely nerve wracking. I was trying not to be a fit, like a real fanboy. <laughs> 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 well, I remember the first time that uh, where we got the Aussie goes Barmy thought from Jacko and I were at Lords, and Ponting had seen Jacko out and about in London and said, "Why don't you come to the Saturday of the Test match?" First Test match, 2005. Yeah. So Jacko rings me. I'm up in Lincolnshire, and he goes, mate, I'm going to go to the cricket. But Ricky Ponting said we can go in the dressing rooms afterwards. So you imagine, you know, oh, I was just, just like so you, cool. so pumped. So the game goes on. I think we need four more wickets to win the match. So the boys are already starting to celebrate. So I go in the sheds, and it's a love-thon. You know, Jacko's loving them. They're loving him. They're ringing their wives and getting their wives to speak to Jacko. There was just like this <laughs> incredible couple of hours, and we both walked out with – Matty Hayden, Grey Nick Bats. Oh, stop it. We're, we're shadow cool. batting on our way. to. Get, it was just unreal, so I know what you mean. What about you, Tom? Love your cricket? Yeah, love my cricket. I didn't play as much as Jake, never as good as him, but yeah, love my cricket. We're booked in Boxing Day Test again this year. Couldn't go last year. Filthy. I'll see you on the way down. See you on the way down, brother. <laughs> I'll wave to you. Can we go on your... You want to go in the box? Yeah. Yeah, we can sort that out. I'm sure we can, actually. Let's talk about the family and the fact that you love your brothers and so forth. You've got Ben coming through. What about Luke? You know, Luke, I coached. um, He was an excellent cricketer. He's an excellent boxer. At some stage, is he going to make a career out of boxing or do you think he's going to be the one that doesn't play sport professionally? Uh, No, he just sort of does that for training sort of thing. Right. He's had a few little fights, but no, no, he won't that professionally he just does it for a bit of fun I think bit of training he's doing really well he's a sparky in his last year apprenticeship he's really enjoying that and he, he loves that so he's I think he'll just keep going with that and do training and have a few fights every now and again but oh, nothing too serious yeah like all four of you are already lovely kids do you feel for him sometimes that he hasn't got what you guys are doing well uh, I think he like he kind of never really enjoyed playing footy as much as we did so don't really think of it in that way he's you know. He's very supportive, yeah. like loves it as much as us. Like he buys into our team as much as us, telling us should get this play, you know, put this guy here. <laughs> What's he doing that Re- for? Yeah. Yeah. Re- he Re- loves loves his footy, like very smart too. Like on he, the game. yeah, but he just wasn't into playing it. Like he just sort of as he got to fifteen or whatever, he just wasn't into it. it was mm. fine. So it's fine. Like he's not sad or anything. Like no. it wasn't like he wanted to. Do that. He didn't want to pursue that, which is fine. But he sort of lives it through us now, and he lo- I th- he lo- honestly loves it. Yeah, he's very proud of you guys. Yeah, as the whole family are. In terms of manly and this of the area and that sort of stuff. Can you sort of see a new stadium? Can you see like a, a bit of a starting of a, you know, you guys are going to be top four team for a little while? Like, do you look that far ahead? Oh, try not to. I, I hope so. I like, honestly hope so. The new stadium's cool. Like, that's been talked about for years, I think. You know, they always talk about developing Brookie. Obviously needed a bit of work, but it's got, it's got a lot of character. So we've always loved it how it was, but seeing it get developed, it's, it's cool. We've driven past it a few times and it's coming on nicely. Seen a few photos. Yeah, I don't want to look too far ahead. I hope we can continually improve. Like this year was a great step in the right direction, you know, but we've had a few sort of tough years before that. So hopefully we can get a lot of confidence. We've got a few younger guys coming through and yeah, hopefully that can put us in good stead. That'd be nice. Yeah. Tom, how do you handle groupies? How do you handle the stardom that would have come from a year like you've just had? Oh, I think you know, I was always taught from a young age just, uh, about being humble, being grounded and going back to what mum and dad did for us throughout our childhood. So it's always just been a part of us for not people to get ahead of ourselves and let that get to our heads. So 
kind of comes second nature to us now, I guess. Yeah, and, and it's natural as well. Yeah. I spoke to Freddie Fittler this morning. We trained together. Oh, this would be good. Yeah, and he said to me, say this one question to Tom, what happens when he throws a forward pass? He punches me in the face. <laughs> he said, I just don't understand it. Like with all the talent in the world, throws forward passes all the time. And he said, not just him, all these young kids do that now. What's oh, the background to it? It's part of the game. Like We're just playing footy and sometimes it goes a little bit forward. Like We're not trying to do it. We're <laughs> not doing it on purpose. <laughs> like We're not going to start 40 metres backwards and lose our you know, advantage. So uh, I think it was first camp, walked into it, and he just punched me in the face twice and I was going... No, but remember, we, remember we'd met with him like a couple of weeks before? Yeah. Like the first time he took over, so he sort of... This was in 2018. We had a, I remember we had a meeting at Terry Hills, Terry Hills with him right. before he'd picked the team sort of see how everyone's going, that sort of thing, things you can improve on. He said to Tom, mate, I hate how you throw so many forward passes. And I remember we left laughing like, what's he going on about? Like, <laughs> Anyway, that week was a Channel 9 game, so Freddie was obviously commentating. I think Tom threw like two or three forward passes that game at the ground. He was filthy. Remember mm. him? I, I, yeah, so, yeah. I just remember walking into a, one of the camps and he just went to say hi to him and he just went bang. So team. when he puts you on, is no, it a not proper? Hard, is, not is hard, that, right, not okay. hard. But I was just obviously Brad Fitler. Like I, <laughs> I, I, know, I knew him, but I didn't know him very well. Yeah, and I was absolutely rattled. But then it kind of came to joke or camp, trying to make the other person throw a forward pass. So yeah. <laughs> you get a hit from yeah, Freddie. Yeah. There was just one forward pass that you threw, but it wasn't a forward pass. I think it was against Para, or certainly at Bankwest Stadium. Anyway, it would have won you the game. Oh, yeah. Left yep, to right. Yep. Past last, from last year, round four yep. against Power. We lost by three, and that would have won us the game last minute. Yeah, that was a BS call. Mm. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> they said after it should have been a try, but that's all right. Everyone makes mistakes. Of course. Take a big, deep breath. <laughs> Didn't think that at the time, but <laughs> now I can look back at it. One thing that people have said about you, Jake, is they love the fact that you're not necessarily go up and bromance after the game. If you've lost a game, you're like a fan. They're walking out and you're walking off the field dirty, whereas there's a lot of love between players at a final whistle and stuff. Is that just a natural thing for you to... Yeah, I, th- I think you just, I don't know, you invest so much throughout the week and throughout all the off-season, that sort of thing. You, I just want, you just want to win, like, and it's frustrating when you don't. And it's been probably disappointing. I've probably had few more losses than I would, would have liked over my time, which is disappointing. But, yeah, it's, it's hard. Like, I hate – like, it affects me. I reckon the whole week. Like, there was – the start of last year when we lost the first four. Yeah. I was struggling. Like, it was tough. Honestly, thank God we turned that around. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just a hard one. I find it hard to get over. I dwell on it a lot, which is something I'm trying to work on to get better with because you've got to move on. You've got another game coming up next week. But I do like when people aren't happy with a loss. You don't want to be happy with a loss, you know. I don't like when people stay out in the field hanging around, you know. Yeah, you get off and – just start preparing for the next week. Well, yeah, now I'm, tr- I'm trying to do that, trying not to dwell on it, you know. Sometimes I let it affect me, affect me mood throughout the week and that sort of thing, which is... So is what are you doing to, to try to help yourself? I don't that? know, just sort of things you got to think of. I think all, everyone at Manly has been good and they give you good people to talk to, and which is nice. Just think of, and as I said, you've got a game coming up, which you've got to win. Like, obviously, filthy about that, but let's win the next one, make it make next week good, you know. Yeah. What about you, Tom? How, does, how do wins and losses and draws affect you? Oh, I'm pretty similar, not to the same extent as Jake. He's definitely one to, to dwell on it. And it's weird, like, I guess you're in an industry where performance on the weekend is that's what you live and breathe on. You know, when you don't play well, we're our harshest critic, you know, you're hard on yourself and it kind of shapes your week. So it's got a big effect on it. And like I said, I'm not as bad as Jake, but definitely dwell on losses and ride the highs of winning. You love winning, so. It's like, it's amazing how much a good win can 
set up the next week, how much more mm. you enjoy it, eh? Like, well, you got on a roll, didn't you? All of you got on a roll there yeah. for a while. Like, yeah, you're just like, unbeatable. Well, well, like, lucky, as I said, after the start, I was like, Maybe this isn't for me, you know. Like. Well, I think the first first round against the Roosters, I was actually in Earl Evans' box from Sean Partners, and it was score as kick. I mean, even Teddy was taking kicks for goal. Like, I was like, what's going on here? You weren't playing that game, Tom, but yeah. sort of fast forward through to you knocking us out of the comp, your improvement was insane. Yeah, it was. Yeah, from that, obviously, first four weeks, we were, we were pretty poor. Everyone knew that. How we were able to turn it around on the back of that was pretty special and you know a lot of people did a lot of good things and they deserve you know, a lot of credit for it absolutely so a couple of things for you tom you've got a new way of preparing your body now to make sure that you're less likely to get injured can you talk us through what that's all about and how you came around to it yeah like we've seen a lot of you know good people that are experts in the industry and yeah it's kind of just i guess i'm a very process driven person and was just finding that routine for me to what I need to do each week to, to go out in the field on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday and just not second guess myself. Just quickly interrupting the episode to say a very big thank you to the sponsor of this podcast and that is Shore and Partners Financial Services. Shore and Partners are an Australian investment and wealth management firm who manage over $28 billion of assets under advice. With seven offices across Australia, Shore and Partners act for and on behalf of individuals, institutions, corporates and charities. For more info, you can check out their website at shoreandpartners.com.au. That's S-H-A-W for sure. Shore and Partners Financial Services, your partners in building and preserving wealth. Now let's get back into the episode. I was with Freddie on a country tour and he had a phone call from Des and I think it was like, you can have Tom... And he was like, yeah, okay, can you take Tom off? Like, if you're winning easily, can you take Tom off? It was I heard this, no, this he going back and forth. That. No, it was like, Freddie was like, can you just, you know, if you're winning easily, can you? And Desi said, no, I think, anyway. But there was a conversation of, can we have whoever prepares Tom for Manly in New South Wales camp? And I think that was sorted out. Did that yeah, happen? That happened, yeah. First game up in Townsville. My good mate, Ruben Rizitska, the speed coach, does the speed work down at Manly and done a lot of, lot of stuff with him just around mechanics of running and stuff like that this year and do a lot of with him in the sheds before the game so yeah they flew him up day of the game to Townsville and obviously cool to see him up there. Does that give you confidence too knowing that you know you've got your normal prep? Oh yeah it definitely helps. You got sprayed you know? too. Why are you laughing Jake? Oh no it's just like Tom got his own bloody <laughs> preparation party coming in. <laughs> Ruben's a good guy it was, um, it was actually it was good to have him Special up treatment for Tom. Yeah that's it. Well, yeah it's good. He was good. He used to work at the Roosters, so a few of the Roosters boys knew him, and he knew most of the, the team there, so it was pretty funny, but I definitely I like having someone there that get you ready for a game definitely helped. Of course, of course. What's it like being a part of this new Blues team? You know, because there is a, it's been a couple of years now, you've had so much success, just part of Freddie's Blues, I suppose. You know, what's it like to be part of this? Because we were hammered for so many years. It's so cool. Like Freddie, like, he's honestly the best guy. Like He makes it such a good camp, so enjoyable. Everyone just can't wait to get out there and play well, and he's just... Oh, He's just yeah, such a good guy, such a good guy to play under in, in that environment, and he, he finds a way to get the best out of everyone, which is really cool. And you do some different stuff, which like obviously you come from clubland, which is just all week to week. You're real serious, and Freddie lightens things up, gives you some different things to think about, which is cool, different way of thinking, which I found really enjoyable. And then you know when you're off the field, you enjoy yourself, but when you're on the field, you train really hard, and he's got really high standards, as you said, punched in the face if you do a forward pass. So, <laughs> and then he gets the best out of everyone, which is it's cool. He's a great guy to play under. What about you, Tom? Yeah, interesting character. Absolutely love him. You know, love working under him. And yeah, Jake kind of summed up pretty well. He's, he's a lot of fun. 
you know, you don't want him coming to those camps you know, seven to ten days to prepare and he makes it as, as enjoyable as, as he can. What about the success of the team and playing so well, but you're a centre for New South Wales where you're normally a fullback for Manly. You seem to be very relaxed with that, knowing that Teddy's a pretty good player at one and you just fit in where you need it? Yeah, definitely. We all know how good Teddy is and what he's done, not only for, for the Roosters, but at you know, origin level, he's you know, been exceptional, absolutely exceptional. You know, captain us to the trophy this year, which is pretty cool. And yeah, I'm just happy to play with Ever. Just go out there and you know, put a jersey on and just play footy. And because you're playing with some yeah, extraordinary people and players, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Take any jersey to be in that team, you know? Oh, like, absolutely. Just, yeah, just to be a part of yeah. it. And what about the crowd, the pressure, knowing that millions of people are watching you and stuff? Like, how do you both handle that? Do you feel it? It's tough. I haven't thought about that too much. I think what honestly helps during the week is. Because as I said, I get quite anxious, quite nervous. I'm very nervous for the game, don't get me wrong. But throughout the week, as I said, we train hard. But away from training, we do a lot of like breathing and yoga. And all. that's stuff I don't normally do. Eh? And I honestly reckon it helps. Like thinking about it really calms you down, calms the nerves, anxiety, all that sort of stuff. And it, just being around someone like Brad Fittler, who's like that. And he's such a legend too. Yeah. Like we grew up loving him, right? Yeah, like that's such a good player. So like relaxing, you enjoy yourself. And it's like, okay, I can calm down because I get quite serious. You know, yeah. I can just calm down, relax. It's going to be fine. I've got great players around me. Just... Chill out, you know. Do your role. Yeah. Did you ever think you were going to play State of Origin? Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. What about you, Jakey? Uh. No way. It's like your wildest dreams. Like, like as I said, growing up, rugby league family, we just loved it. Like, when I was on the Wednesday nights, it was just the best day ever. Like, just waiting for it all day at school. You just couldn't wait to get home. And then you had to wait till 8.30 for it to kick off. You <laughs> just wanted it on, you know. It was just... It was the best, and get to play it now. It's honestly so surreal. Like when you're running out there, it's like this is this is what I used to dream of just watching. Now you get to play and like run out in front of a packed stadium. It's it's pretty cool, eh? Yeah. Like it's oh. so cool. Like when you it's think about it, it's unbelievable watching yeah. it. Like mm. the excitement of getting on the bus from going along Manavar Road there, and then hitting that you know, that traffic, and then getting to the game, and then seeing you use warm up or whatever it might be. It's just yeah. it's incredible as a fan. Yeah. So yeah, some of the moments that we've been like lucky enough to have in the jerseys make it even more special. Like I think obviously when Tom DeBoot getting to play together for the Blues, like that was so cool down in Melbourne. And then 2019, Game 3, the decider there where we had the game under control and Queensland fought back. It was 20 all. I thought this is going to Golden Point and Teddy scored that try in the last 10 seconds, you know. like Slake Ferguson along the sideline. Yeah, like things like that. Just like you look back, it's like, I was part of that. It's so cool. Like <laughs> that's stuff you just sort of remember forever, you know. Yeah. Special moments, I think. Yeah. Oh, incredible. You've had so much success in terms of your own careers. Like you've played for Manly, you've played New South Wales, you've played for Australia. What would that mean if you don't win a premiership? Oh, it obviously you know, hurt a lot. You know, every time you, you start a pre-season at Manly, you doing that to win a premiership and yeah, that doesn't change year on year that's the, the end goal at club levels you want to win a premiership and you know, obviously we're, we're still yet to do that but lace the boots up again and we'll go again and see what happens next year What about you Jakey? Yeah like, yeah, I don't really, like get ahead of myself I just hope we can win one cast that'd be pretty cool I guess that's you look at all players I guess and they talk about if they've won a comp or not you know like in, when they talk about them when they've retired and that sort of stuff so yeah no, I don't want to get too far I just <laughs> hope I just yeah really hope one day it's hard to hate Manly with you two boys around, I tell you. There's so many people who go, can't hate Manly anymore. I've got those Travoyevich boys. There's another one coming through. You know, that's what they talk about. So, boys, you've come from sort of earning nothing. Now you're doing what you actually want to do. You're both on good contracts and so forth. And as Jake says, Tom more than me, but hang on. And I do all the hard work. <laughs> hang on. <laughs> do you actually talk about each other's contracts and stuff? Is that something you do? 
Nah, well, no. we knew, like, obviously, we got the same manager and that sort of thing, and we signed at the same time, so we know what they are, but, like, who cares? We're just there to play, so. Great. We obviously know Tom's better, so that's just the way it, that's the way it goes. <laughs> do, they pay more, it. do they pay more for a fullback I wing centre than they I do? Think you know the answer to that, guys. A bloke like you, Jakey, <laughs> that does all the hard work in the middle. <laughs> How are you coping? Uh, money-wise, are you sensible with it? Are you going to be okay? Yeah, well, we're, we're lucky. As I said, our parents have been such good advisors to us, I guess. Like, mm. when we were young, they got us to sort of invest in, like, buy units and that sort of thing around around the northern beaches, which we've been lucky with and continued, I guess, to grow on that. And then where in recent years, Shore and Partners, they've come on as a sponsor of Manly. Like, probably the last four or five years been good. And Earl and Alan, who own here, are just really good guys. And then Dane, yeah, he's a really good advisor to us. And they've got us to invest some money in sort of shares and they've got some commercial property, that sort of stuff. And they've been really, really good advisors, giving us great sort of knowledge of how you do things because everyone like, wants to just put in money and get heaps of money back straight away. But it's like not about that. It's just about, you know, long-term conservative approach, which they've advised us with. They've been great, great sponsors. They're really good guys. They support a lot of great things. Do you pay your own bills, Jack? Yes. <laughs> what about you, Tom? Yeah, of course. I pay Jake's bills. That's, <laughs> That's how much money he gets, He's Gus. got, <laughs> He's got flat that? out no idea this bloke, I'm telling you. No clue? Can't do anything. <laughs> What's it like for you, though, Tom? Because, you know, you'd look at your, you know, whatever the salary is, people talk about it, you read in the paper. I don't know how true those numbers are, but they're decent numbers. How do you cope with all that? Yeah, I, I guess, like, kind of what the money side of thing, we're very lucky that, you know, parents helped us out a lot with that at an early age and now, you know, we've kind of, you know, got it down pat with how to deal with it all and manage it all and just, you know, try and find a way to set you up later in life when, you know, obviously it's not going to be, the salary's not going to be where it is now, so. Do you ever just like, feel like, I just want to go and buy that? Not really, I'm not a person that's... You're not a material guy? I'm not like a, I want to go buy a nice car or this or that. Obviously would like a, a nice house one day, but, you know, that's something that I can... When, when the, I guess it comes along, need to get one, we can look at it then. You're both still at home? No, no, nah, not at home. I'm, so I'm just in a unit in Narrabeen now. Okay. Tom, he's at Warrywood. Yeah. Beautiful. And enjoying life as both going out with people, right? Yep, yep, yep. yep. So, Jakey, what got you over your nervousness to ask girls out? Because I tried to set you up a few times with, with still friends nervous. of mine. I'm still nervous. I think I just needed to thought to myself, you need to really grow up. Otherwise... <laughs> You just, I don't know, you just need to really switch on and grow up. Yeah, I think that just, light bulb moment. <laughs> yeah, and so you've got a girlfriend now. How yep. was that asking her out? Like, what was that moment like for she you? She asked him out. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, well, it sort of went like this. So, okay, let me just, let me try and get this right. So it was actually my ex-teammate, he now plays for the Bulldogs. It's his sister. Okay. Right? So I'd met her earlier. So I'd met Nona for like a year or two, like while he was playing with us, then he moved on and then sort of just worked like that. So it was just sort of... Okay, so, so it wasn't like knew each other, yeah, there was a was little playing, bit of an opening. Yeah, but I was playing with her brother and that sort of thing, so that wasn't really going to happen at the time. But then sort of as he moved on, it just worked out and he was fine with it, obviously, not behind his back and that was, yeah. Did you have to ask and say, do you mind? I quite yeah, like it was, he sister. sort of knew and it was just sweet, yeah. Okay, and that's all going well? Yeah, it's good. Beautiful. What yeah. about you, Tom? You've been going out with the girl for a long time too? No, no, oh, it's about eight or nine months now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. A local girl? Local girl, yeah, so just knew her from the area. Okay. Kind of thing. 
Beautiful. Work like that, yeah. What about the Corso? Got to talk to you about the Corso. Corso, Corso. Yeah. Corso. So, yeah. See, when people <laughs> talk to me about the Corso, and if people don't know, Tom was challenged to a run late at night one night, and this bloke beat him and made a bit of a, you know, a scene about it. I'd like to talk now to Tom's mates. So this is just for Tom's mates, a bit of advice coming from a 53-year-old bloke who's got teenagers as well. If anyone asks you, Tom, next time if you want to have a run or how fast you are, Get your mates to stand up and say, he's really slow, actually. We can all beat him and walk away. Well, on that note, I was actually, <laughs> I was out with Brad Parker and he left me. So if there's anyone to blame for this, yeah. for that incident, it's Brad Parker. Okay, we'll get stuck in him. Yeah. I played a game of cricket with him one day. He's a nice bloke. Nice bloke. He's but a horrible you. cricketer. <laughs> he wasn't good. No, he wasn't. Yeah, we subbed him out. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to. Absolutely yeah. horrible. No idea about the game. No idea. So why did you do that run? I know, I was just walked out of the joint and the bloke kept asking me to race him. I'm like, I'm not racing you. And he kept asking and asking. I said, fine, mate, I'll race you. Anyway, shouldn't have done it, obviously. But I won. I'd like to get my, my story out of sight. I definitely won the race, but that's okay. Yep. Um, we'll move on from that. <laughs> but yeah, it was obviously a stupid decision. Yeah. And you haven't made many. Neither of you have made many in your life. So the odd one here and there, and it, in the end, it you know didn't scupper too much. But you got injured, not from that, but everyone gave you a bit of stick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, obviously, it looks how it looks. So it is what it is. I understand people going to try and put two and two together. So you know, I'm not stupid. I understand that. But yeah, in the end, it wasn't really about that. I just obviously wasn't happy with the way I was looked. In that video, it wasn't you know, a fair reflection on the club, you know, my family, myself. So, yeah, it wasn't an ideal time of my life for me, but I think in the end it probably put me in the right direction to now be sitting here with you today and, you know, looking back on, I guess, the year I had. Yeah, exactly right. Talking about social media, before we go to the Fast Five, how do you guys cope with social media? I know you're sort of on it, mm. but not massively on it. I think Tom's worked out the best strategy. So I've got um, get rid for anyone that doesn't know, tries to reach me on social media. My little brother, Luke, the one we talked about before, actually manages my account, so he probably won't reply to you. <laughs> Simple so, as that. So Luke does all his posts, everything. Tom doesn't even know what's going on. That's good. Good old Luke. He's got a, he's got a good, strong head on him. Yeah, he so knows also, what to also do. don't know what's going on in the world, so it's actually quite refreshing. Yeah. If anyone thinking about trying it, I'll definitely recommend it. Yeah, well, Freddie spends a lot of time when we do these school visits to rural areas mm. talking about exactly that. Yeah. You know, look people in the eye, have proper conversations. Mm. What about you, Jake? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not really much into it. Like, obviously, Luke doesn't have it, but I have weeks where I say we've had a loss or anything. I'll just delete it, eh? I just don't even want to read it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people are bagging manly. I'm just like, see ya. I'm not yeah, a- <laughs> well, of course, you wouldn't care if they said it to your face, but for some reason it means I know. More. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's a good like, idea to give it the flick. Yeah. Talking about Freddie again, in camp, it's the no phones policy, eh? Like, as you yeah. said, the proper conversations, no phones, and... At first, you're like, oh, it's annoying, I need my phone. But then once you realise, it's actually very refreshing. Like, I wish I just had my phone to ring people and text. That's all I could do. Yeah. I couldn't look at other stuff, but obviously I do have it on there and it gets yeah. addictive at times, but that's what I, that, that would be the best way, as Tom said. I think it's impossible to have a proper conversation if you have a mobile phone even around you. Yeah. Because there'll be a ding, a buzz or something, and it just takes your focus away. I know, definitely. Is there a reason you don't have... Social media, Tom? Well, kind of started from that incident, obviously. The, the Corso? Uh, yeah, that, that one we're talking about. We won't need to go into again. But no, we won't. No. Um, Never it, to be sta- it started again. started there. Just kind of got off it. I actually deactivated the whole account and then obviously had um, sponsors that needed posts and stuff like that. So Luke said he would take over it for me, which is me. For a small fee? 
Ah, oh, big fee. It's very expensive. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend anyone else going to him. <laughs> but he just gives himself shout-outs on there to get him followers. But anyway, um, <laughs> he can do what he wants. So he started doing it. And then at the start, it was pretty hard because you don't realise how much you rely on something and how, mu- how much time you spend on something. But after yeah, a couple of weeks, I haven't really looked back and got no aspirations to... To go back on it, so yeah, just let him keep running it for me. Absolutely, and the habit is broken, right? Over 21 days without it. So boys, you'd be looked upon, you know, your mum and dad, your brothers, your whole family, everyone that I've ever met, you're good people and stuff. Does does that become too much of a pressure sometimes to always have to sort of, I don't know, step up to that level or step up to a level where if someone cut you off in the traffic, you can't give them the bird because Tom (laughs) Travojevic or Jake Travojevic gave me the bird. Like, how hard is that to make sure that you stay that sort of... Perfect in inverted commas. Oh, I don't, I don't think it's too hard. I guess you know, sort of times when you got to be like really good when you go to certain things, and that's and it's got to be switched on, like certain events, sponsors, things, all that sort of stuff. But in like normal everyday life, I'm quite good at even when I'm angry at something, don't just don't really even say it. Like I'm just internalize it. I don't know. Maybe I'm scared to say it to people. Like mm. I'm not really sure. And so that's a natural thing, and yeah. that comes from your family as well. Your mum and dad are the same. Yeah, I'm not really confrontational to be honest. Like if I'm don't agree with something, I tend to not really say it. Like. Anyway, so I think that probably puts you in good stead for <laughs> being good in the public, I guess. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Tom? Yeah, well, it doesn't cost anything to be nice, so it's just an easier way to, to live your life. I've always, you know, been brought up like that. And, yeah, I guess we're normal people too. We just go about our days and we're not here to cause confrontation or just want to live our lives out, yeah. Yeah, the best lives you can. Mm-hmm. No, fair, fair play. So, boys, where do you see yourself in five or ten years' time? Obviously, you know, dual premiership winners. <laughs> yeah, two or three. That's a dream. Oh, two, oh you want three now? <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, yeah, I'd be happy with one, I'll yeah. be honest with you. That's a dream. I don't know, it's a scary thought because I've been playing footy since, uh, you know, since we're young as, but obviously for Manly since in Haramats at 15, but professionally since, you know, 1920. So getting a bit older now. So it's a, it's a scary one to think about. Obviously, it's great. We've got guys like Earl and... You know, Dane and Alan around us who sort of help advise us in the right way to hopefully put you in good stead for after your career. But I haven't thought too much about what I want to do. Obviously, love. Will you fo- stay in footy, maybe? Yeah, obviously, loving footy so much, you'd probably want to do that. But I haven't thought about it or talked to anyone about it, so I don't really know. But I guess see where it takes us. Hopefully, can keep playing for a bit and just yeah, see what happens. Mm. Obviously, this uni degree that that Mum made me keep doing is going <laughs> to send me to great places because that's what she's told me for the last seven years. So it's going to it's going to take me anywhere. I could end up at the moon for all I know. But hopefully, hopefully, stay in the game. Love footy. Always growing up with footy, and yeah, I'm I'm sure you know when my time comes to, to hang up the boots that I'll. I still want to be involved in the game in some capacity, so we'll just see what happens. What about coaching for you guys? Well, watching Dez and seeing how stressed he gets and how hard he has to work, I'm going to say no. <laughs> and even another thing I always think about being a head coach, I would hate having to sit down with a player and say, you're not required or like, you're dropped this week. Or I don't think I could do that, eh? So yeah, like, that confrontation. That, 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 I wouldn't deal with that. Like, I think you've got to be a special type of person. They work really hard. Like, I, I don't envy how hard they have to work and how much pressure they put on. So I'm going to say no to being a coach. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, coach juniors we'll do or something. Do what Orbo does coach at juniors. Roosters, just float around yeah, and do, do whatever. Yeah, just yeah. work. I'll float. I'm a <laughs> yeah. floater. Oh, that sounds like, like a role for me. Yeah, you're with, a perfect with, with the juniors. Would be nice. Something like development. I see kids exactly. improve. I reckon that'd be cool. I think Orbo and Jake Friend at the Roosters are doing that now, setting up the academy. Yeah, and they'll just go and they'll just because we love them and everyone knows who they are. You just float around. You turn up at the odd event in the suit and tie and get a free feed. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that sounds good to me. Okay, okay. Let's do the fast <laughs> five, boys. 
your favourite quote? I'm going to go to my mum here because this is one she, a sensible she place always to go. grew up teaching us, but treat people how you want to be treated. So not a quote, but something that – well, it's a quote from Freddie, I guess. Because okay. as I said, different way of thinking. He's really good. So just to make sure I get it right, I've yeah. got the phone out. I can see Thanks that. So he's five – He's five. This is he's five ag- <laughs> absolute stitch up. He's five agreements, right? So he's five agreements, and I can tell you he definitely lives by them, and you know, it's, I think it's good for anyone to try and live by them. Okay. So integrity of words, so being honest, yeah. obviously – don't take anything personally. So that's a big one in footy, I guess. You get cool. criticised a lot. You get, well, not criticised, told how you can improve. That's yeah, what well, people give it to you yeah. too. Yeah. Take it on the chest and maybe you can get improved. If coach tells you something, don't think they don't know what they're talking about. Try and improve. So don't assume. So work hard for your success. Don't assume something's going to come on. Always do your best. I think that's simple. We always try and do that. You just That's all you ask of anyone. It doesn't yeah. matter. You win, lose or draw as long as your teammates are giving you your best. Perfect. And always listen. That goes back, to, I think, to the to the coaching side of things in footy I'm sort of comparing this to you always listen to what people are trying to say because they're only trying to help you I guess yeah. beautiful Jakey that's great favourite holiday destination well our family every sort of Christmas our nan and nan and pa have a unit at the Goldie so we always go up there and that's always always good times always look forward to that probably go the same or once international travel maybe Bali or someone like that always, always a great time over there absolutely what about your favourite book are you readers Book. I'm not a reader. No. Can't say rugby league week, no. Jake. What did, what did I, just, I just read Aunt Middleton's book, Zero Negativity. Yeah. I read that. So. I'm a shocking reader, I'll be honest. I get to the end of the, like, I just can't wait to the end of the chapter so I can stop because I've got to finish the chapter. But I was reading Tiger Woods' book and I got quite into that. I haven't quite finished it, but I was getting quite into it. It's crazy how. Well, that's one thing we haven't spoken about, your love of golf. Yeah, my love of golf's kind of faded away, I think, a okay. little bit. I, right. I'm not the same. Yeah, I used to... Play all the time, but now I'm into tennis now. I love tennis. Yeah, me too. I play every Thursday night, mate. Let us know when you want to hear. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> what about you? Your love of golf? Um, a bit like Tom. Like, probably a bit more than Tom like it, but just... You were going nuts here yeah, for a while. Yeah, I had a, golf. played it heaps, but I don't know. I think footy, as I said, I think about footy a lot. That took, especially this year, took over a lot, and I was just... I don't know, even on days off, I was just thinking about football, eh? <laughs> well, whatever you guys are doing, keep doing that. Favourite movie? Oh, I think we're both going to say the same thing here, but Law Abiding Citizen. I do like that one, or I think you'll probably hear this from a lot of people, 1994, my birth year, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah. Oh, you hear that from everyone. Yeah, yeah, that's my favourite movie of all time as well. And, of course, your favourite charity, which I'm, I'm sure you, you agree <laughs> with me. Favourite charity, charity. The great, the great, the great gotcha for life. What a charity. <laughs> yeah, no, fine, I'll give you it. Thank you, Tom. And what a charity. Tom, something else that you've done a few times, which it surprised me because I didn't know you were going to do it, but it doesn't surprise me because of the type of person you are, but you've given many your matches to Gotcha for Life as well, which has been really lovely, sitting back and watching it on the telly and just hearing you say it when I didn't expect it. It means a lot. Thank you. Oh, no worries. No worries. I would have done that, but I didn't get me in the match because Tom got it. Yeah. <laughs> So $10,000 will be going to Gotcha for Life. Thank you, boys, from Earl and Al, from Shaw and Partners. So, awesome. boys, enjoy your off-season. Enjoy your cricket, of course. See you down at the uh, Boxing Day Test. Yeah. And have good fun, luck Have fun season. looking down on us. <laughs> Don't worry, Tom. Tom and Jake, you can come up to the Triple M studio anytime at all. Thanks, nice Gus. to talk to you, boys. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Cheers. Good on you, mate. <laughs> Well, that was Tom and Jake Tavoyevich. What I loved about those boys was the fact that they are so real and the fact that family means so much to them. I love the fact that it doesn't matter how big you become, you always listen to your mum. 
Coming up next on Not An Overnight Success is one of the most successful and yet grounded rock stars in the world. It is, of course, Kirk Pengilly from NXS. Kirk has seen it all, from carrying his guitar on a 10k walk home from the school bus stop each day to playing to some of the biggest crowds in the world. Kirk has an incredibly interesting perspective on why NXS was able to survive so many hurdles and continue being so popular and creative with their music. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with someone that you know. A big thank you to Shaw and Partners Financial Services who have generously supported this podcast and also donated $10,000 to the charity of choice of each of our guests to thank them for their time. Shaw and Partners are an Australian investment and wealth management firm who manage over $28 billion of assets under advice. With seven offices around Australia, Shaw and Partners act for and on behalf of individuals, institutions, corporates and charities. For more info, you can check out their website at shawandpartners.com.au. That's S-H-A-W for sure. Shaw and Partners Financial Services, your partners in building and preserving wealth.